There are times in our lives when suddenly we are hit with a crisis, like a car getting slammed broadside on the road. But no matter how dark and frightening the crisis, even the current coronavirus pandemic, God reigns supreme. And that, dear friend, makes all the difference in our lives. Today, we begin a brand new series that speaks to this truth called More Than Conquerors in the Darkest of Times, next on Daily in Christ. Welcome once again to the Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Fanus, and I'm very happy that you have uh, tuned in to this podcast because you are going to find real hope no matter the crisis that you may be dealing with in your life. You know, just about everyone has faced a crisis in their lives. And if you haven't, you will. Because this is a fallen, broken world. And that crisis could be the loss of a loved one, being diagnosed with a disease like cancer, uh, a financial crisis, divorce, a wayward child, job loss, and so many other things. And just like the present coronavirus pandemic, you know, in this global pandemic, we are in a very unusual and rare time in history when the whole earth is simultaneously in crisis. Think about that. A war impacts a region and throws that region into crisis. A famine impacts one part of the world, and that part of the world is thrown into crisis. But this pandemic is impacting literally the entire world simultaneously. You know, when crisis hits our lives, there are many uncertainties. And uh, this pandemic, of course, is no uh, exception. Isn't it striking how something as small as a virus can stop the entire world? Now, let me give you a word of caution. And I want to speak from the heart for a moment I myself, like you, have been checking the news headlines, even checking the numbers and so forth. And I've also been observing that the chicken littles of the world have suddenly come out of hiding and are dominating the news cycle, social media, and texts and emails that are forwarded to you by your well-meaning, fearful friends. You know, dear friend, I still believe that there has been an overreaction in this crisis and an overreaction driven by fear. When people don't know the love of God, all they have left is fear. And fear is in full swing right now. Listen, believer, it's vitally important that you do not imbibe of the world's spirit of fear at any time, but especially now in this pandemic crisis. As a matter of fact, I have an article that addresses this issue at our website, dailyinchrist.org. 
It's called, Do Not Imbibe in the World's Spirit of Fear. You know, I guess when we're in a crisis, whether it would be this pandemic or something like a a cancer diagnosis or the loss of a loved one, something like that, in that crisis, the most frightful thing, I think, is the sense of the loss of control. We can feel like the crisis is actually controlling us. Many of us right now don't know when we're going to be returning to work and will we actually be able to return to work with a job. And we can be frustrated at that lack of knowledge. Uh, We're used to planning out our lives with some degree of certainty, but when a crisis comes in, it seems to commandeer the situation and we don't know where the crisis is taking us. But listen to me very closely, very carefully, friend. First and foremost, you and I need to know that the crisis, no matter what crisis you're facing, is not king. God is king. He is definitely in control. And because God is good, the outcome will be good. Yes, even in this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, By the way, did you know that corona in coronavirus means crown? And I suppose you could say that this coronavirus is acting like a tyrant king that is just taking over the world. But I want to let you know that there is another king. And King Coronavirus bows its knee to this king. This king is king of kings and lord of lords. And this king is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the supreme ruler and creator of all. You know, at the front end of the global shutdown, particularly here in the United States where I live, That week when things were starting to shut down, it was the week of March the 8th, one large-scale event after another, the festivals and sporting events and so forth. It was shocking to see what was going on, schools closing. Throughout that week, I was praying. I was saying, Lord, what shall I communicate to the body of Christ? And on Sunday, March 15th, when this pandemic slammed into the United States— I wrote down something that the Lord gave me called This King, and you will find that in written and audio form at our website, dailyinchrist.org. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says this, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, the Lord Jesus Christ, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those of of earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Dear friend, listen. Every knee bows to him. Pandemic viruses cancer, heart disease, diabetes, lung disease, epilepsy, financial loss, relational breakdown, you name it. 
The Lord Jesus Christ is the one to whom all bow. And that, dear friend, is power for your sound mind, free of fear. As I continue to pray to the Lord's direction for this crisis and how to speak to so many that are in need, whether it would be the present situation of this pandemic, and I realize these recordings will be heard at a later time for some, maybe years later, and the pandemic will become history by that point. But you're dealing with a crisis, and that's what we're talking about. And so, dear friend, for you, the Lord has led me to Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 39 for this series that I'm calling More Than Conquerors in the Darkest of Times. And this is powerful encouragement no matter what crisis you're going through. Back in 2014, I went through one of the very darkest times of crisis in my entire life. And it was then that the Lord laid upon my heart to memorize Romans chapter 8, all 39 verses of it. And I'm going to tell you, friend, this has turned out to be one of the best things I've ever done in my life. You know, before 2014, I had known of Romans 8, and I'd studied it quite a bit. I'd preached upon it. But there is something very powerful that happens when we memorize Scripture. Just in that that act of memorization, we're turning it around over and over again and meditating upon it. Listen, friend, I'm not some memorization powerhouse. It's a challenge for me to memorize one verse, let alone 39 verses. It took me months. And yet, Boy, of all the places to memorize in the Bible, Romans 8 is the best. It's one of the most powerful passages in all the Bible. And if the Lord is leading you, it would do your soul good. Oh, not just for the present, but in your future to memorize that amazing chapter. So this series is based upon... Uh, much of Romans chapter 8. And here's what you're going to be getting with this series. You'll get the incredible revelation that God brought me as I memorized Romans 8 in my darkest hour. And not just the insights that he gave me then in 2014, but ever since then, it's been snowballing in my mind. And I I want you to know, dear friend, upon the authority of the scripture, that God is for you, believer. And there are powerful biblical reasons for that. And you're going to hear about it in this series. And even if you're not going through a crisis right now, still, this is very powerful truth for you. You know, to a great extent, what you build your life upon in the good times will be there to fortify and strengthen you in the bad times. And so with that, I'd like to uh, turn to the Word of God, the Bible, and I want to encourage you, if you can do so, right now to Romans chapter 8. And we are going to be uh, focusing on verses 15 to 39. So Romans chapter 8, have you got it? Beginning 
in verse 15. Before we read this, let's just take some time in prayer because I believe so strongly in the illuminating, revealing power of the Holy Spirit. If we do this at the beginning, uh, the Holy Spirit will turn the light on so that we can see. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for your great love, which you have for us. Thank you, Lord, that that is a powerful love that holds us safely and securely, no matter what we're going through, bad or good. And Father, I pray because of your goodness and your grace that you would open up this scripture to our understanding supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you are happy and willing to do that. And I thank you and praise you for what you're going to do in our lives through the word, through this teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 8, let's begin in verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption again, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, 
whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these Things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, dear friend. This is the authoritative word of God. It is the truth. It is the reality, which is found in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 39. Oh, my dear friend, as we went through those verses together, I just, oh, I think about the powerful encouragement that that, uh, Romans chapter 8 has been to me so many times in my life, particularly since 2014 in my very darkest time and since then. I don't think a week goes by where I don't spend about six minutes just uh, reciting that whole chapter. I don't do that for purpose of memorization review. I do it because it's so rich and This is what we're going to be unfolding in this series, more than conquerors in the darkest of times. And we're going to be unfolding bit by bit of these verses 15 to 39 in the episodes to come. But there's a key thought I want you to hear today at the outset of this series. And here is this powerful, important thought. Dear friend, No one and no thing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's in verse 39. Hannah Whitehall-Smith said it well. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Absolutely nothing. God is enough for time. God is enough for eternity. God is enough enough. Oh, friend, he's more than enough for this crisis that you are facing now, whether it be the present coronavirus or some other crisis. And the key part of this passage that I want to bring up again is this part here in um, verses 35 to 39 that says, that starts with this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Note that. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So no one. It's not asking the question as if it's a question that the answer is not known. It's sort of a rhetorical question that's based on the context of everything going on in the book of Romans heretofore. And then it goes talking about things that are the seven worst kind of crises that can hit a person. Tribulation. I think the time that we're in right now is a time of tribulation. Distress. You're in a situation where suddenly you are in a situation where you're distressed, whatever that may be, physical, emotional, mental. Then it says persecution. I think we understand what that is, as well as famine, which describes uh, famine and nakedness here, uh, a, a, a situation of lack and want and need or peril. That's a situation of sudden danger or sword. That's a situation that I think is the most stressful situation of all, and that is the situation when someone is after you to kill you. But listen, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now that's quoting something from the Psalms. And if you go back to that particular passage, I believe it's in Psalm 44, it is depressing. It's the people of God who are complaining to God about how bad it is and almost saying, God, where are you? It feels like you've abandoned us. We are facing death all day long. We're being considered as innocent sheep for the slaughter. And yet, dear friend, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and what the Lord Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago changes the whole narrative. And verse 37 is almost like, uh, in the Greek language, the structure of what's here. And the Greek language, of course, is the original language of this uh, New Testament. It's as if the writer, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, Whoa, hold on. Hold the presses. Here's breaking news. Yet in all these things we are. It's not saying we will be. We are. We're in this crisis right now. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, dear friend, listen. You can be a winner and win a game by just one point. You can be a uh, champion who wins game after game after game throughout a season, and then you go to advance to a championship, and then you win the championship, and you're the champion. All right, those are great things. You could be a conqueror. You could be a general in a powerful army that conquers the foe decisively. You could be a conqueror. But listen to what verse 37 says. It says that even in the midst of these things, we're better than winners. We're better than champions. We're better and more than conquerors. How in the world could the scripture ever say this? Listen, through him who loved us. You see, when the Bible uses that word through, the Greek word is dia. It is the means through which something is done. We are made more than conquerors because by means of him, the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us. When did he love us? He loved us at our very worst. 
That's what it says over in Ephesians chapter 2. When we were dead in trespasses, following the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, Satan, who works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. That's where God's love met you, friend, when you were dead in trespasses and sins, and you and I were children of wrath, even as the others, as it says in Ephesians 2.3. And then it says in Ephesians 2.4, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Listen, dear friend, if God loved you and I when we were totally unlovable, don't you think he loves you now? And it is that powerful love of God that is unshakable, unquakeable, unbreakable. And you, dear friend, are more than a conqueror through him, a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, and a father backing that son who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, friend, I said that in the coming episodes, we're going to be breaking down verses 15 through 39. It's going to be so good. Verses 15 to 17, we'll be reflecting on the fact that we as believers are children of God and not just children. We are heirs of God, even joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friend, Because you are an heir, you have a rightful inheritance, a rich inheritance, and we'll talk more about that. Verses 18 to 23 will be another focus. We'll be talking about the revealing of the sons of God. And by the way, when the Bible talks about son, it isn't referring to gender of the child. Rather, it is speaking of the rightful heir. And guess what? Every man, woman, boy and girl who is in Christ is in the one who is the rightful heir of all. And you are therefore, as it says in Romans 8, 17, a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. And these verses 18 to 23 talk about the revealing of the sons of God. Now, many times those verses are taught about suffering, but that's not true. These verses, Romans 8, 18 to 23, uh, speak about the reason for the creation being subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. And the reason is this, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And then we'll be moving on to verses 24 and 25 and the the hope that we are saved in. And this is not a I hope so worldly hope. No, this is the real hope that we have as believers in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is through him and his ability that we have an incredible future and hope. And then there's verses 26 and 27 that speaks of the Spirit's perfect intercession 
on our behalf. And that intercession, dear friend, is in perfect alignment with God the Father who loves you and me and our situation and need. Boy, that'll be a lot of encouragement. And then we'll move on to verses 28 through 30, speaking about God's incredible purpose and his purpose shall stand. And this is our hope that really speaks well uh, and brings powerful encouragement. Verses 31 to 34 declares that God is for us. So who can be against us? And dear friend, there's an incredible setup in the book of uh, Romans uh, in chapters 1 through 8 that speaks of the reason why that's the case, that God is for us and not against us. And then verses 35 to 39, we just touched on this a moment ago, that no one and no thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is safe and secure in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, That thought, that reality, dear friend, has the greatest traction in the worst of times and crisis. And that safe, secure place of the love of God isn't in our economy or in our health system or in our leaders or in our financial institutions. You know, all of those can and will ultimately fail. But there is a secure and safe place for you and me in the love of God, safe and secure for the keeping in Christ Jesus our Lord. And no thing and no one, not even you, can separate us from that powerful love. Dear friend, that is exactly why we are more than conquerors in the darkest of times, no matter the crisis or the circumstances. But there is a critical context for Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 doesn't poof appear in the middle of nowhere. No, it's got a powerful context that builds up chapter upon chapter from chapter 1 all the way through to Romans 8. And we'll get into that in the next episode of our series, More Than Conquerors in the Darkest of Times in during this Daily in Christ podcast. I know that this is powerful encouragement for you, but I need to ask you an extremely important favor. Please let others know. I'm going to tell you there are people in the world that are desperately hungry for hope. And as I said earlier, the chicken littles of the world, they're taking over the news stream right now. It's amazing. It's shocking. We have to shut that off and we need to turn on the word of God. And I can't think of a more powerful place in all of the Bible to find strong encouragement to meet you in your crisis, whether this current coronavirus pandemic or something else, than Romans chapter 8, and especially verses 15 through 39. Also, let people know about the Daily in Christ website. There we have all of our teaching. Uh, I believe that we're on uh, number uh, 90 right now. All 90 of our episodes can be found there at the Daily in Christ podcast, as well as a number of helpful articles that the Lord has enabled me to write for you. It's all available for free at our dailyinchrist.org website. And dear listening friend, if you need to get a hold of us, we have a contact page right at the website. 
I encourage you to uh, fill that out and it'll get right to me. That's at dailyinchrist.org. And dear friend, remember that the Daily in Christ podcast is heard in podcasting platforms of all sorts uh, that are available today. And uh, I have a webpage at the website to help you uh, discover that at dailyinchrist.org. When you get there at the top menu, click on the podcast item. And also there you will find uh, the uh, uh, archive of all of our podcasts. My name is Mark Van Oos. It is always such a rich privilege for me uh, to be used of the Lord to touch your life, dear friend, no matter where you are. And as always, I want you to remember, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him.